0: They're going to run the football. Oh my goodness, are they going to run the football. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovaciewicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Day one of the Steelers' minicamp was maybe a little bit more eventful than I'd anticipated it'd be. And that's in large part because this was the first time since the NFL draft that we as reporters had access to the various coordinators and coaches. Yesterday was all offense. Matt Canada was out. Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach, was out. Wouldn't have taken much of a leap to imagine that the questioning would have a lot to do with quarterbacks. So here came Canada to quell all of that in a big hurry. Coach has been very clear that Mitch is, Mitch is one and he's working with the ones and doing a real good job with that. And, um, you know, Mason is his two and, and Kenny is three and we're working it that way based on experience, based on resumes. And, and Coach made that decision. So you can read that. You know, I, don't, I don't answer your question for you. You can read whatever you want into That's. We've been very clear where that is, but we've also been very clear that this is a real laid-out plan of how we're going to evolve and find who our quarterback's going to be for the 2022 season, and that's where we are with it. You hear that? There it was. Numbers assigned and everything. One, Mitch Trubisky. Two, Mason Rudolph. Three, Kenny Pickett. And that's the way it's going to be, entering training camp, the formal training camp in Latrobe. The competition is still open, as everybody made clear. But as I've been saying all along, there was no way they were going to be able to balance out first team reps. There's just no way to conduct practices and drills in an organized setting while splitting first team drills between three guys. So in attempting to dig a little bit deeper, I asked Sullivan the following question. And I asked it for a reason, but here it is first. Sorry. What have you seen, Mike, in terms of play action from your guys? In particular, in particular, Mitch, since he's had a significant amount of experience with it. Yeah, I, the, the timing is so important. Each concept, it can be further down the field. Is it going to be seven steps or eight steps, depending upon what foot you open? Right. Uh, is it going to be four or five? Certain things are going to be on a plant. And he really has a great feel. He does an excellent job, particularly at the top of his drop. Say it's a six-step drop under center of the play action. You know, let's talk about big three, little three. He chops those last three down, and it's really a valuable tool, in all honesty, to be able to show the other guys, you know, not to embarrass Mitch and put him on the spot. I got to bunch some shots afterwards, so I get a big head. But it's a good picture to show the other guys, because the timing is so critical. And that ball's got to come out. Now, what I've got to share with you, because you're just hearing the audio there, is that This man's eyes lit up with my mentioning the term play action. And from there, he got into some significant specifics. You heard it about how Trubisky handles play action, but also, and unsolicited, how he's teaching this, how he's relaying it to the other quarterbacks in camp. I, I, okay, all right, so this is really, really Captain Obvious stuff, right? I mean, it couldn't be clear who they want to be the starting quarterback for this football team when they run out of the tunnel at Paul Brown Stadium. Because with all due respect to Rudolph's tenure and experience in Pittsburgh and working with the previous system, the play action wasn't part of it. The play action hasn't been part of what the Steelers have done since forever. Why? Ben Roethlisberger wasn't crazy about it. Not that he couldn't handle it, but Ben didn't like operating with his back to the defense. He felt more comfortable facing everything. With the play action, you go through the whole thing. You turn around. You're going back to your running back. You put your hand in his belly and you keep the football and you run back a little bit more and you start looking around. This is a thing that almost all NFL teams have been doing in increasing measures in recent years, even as the Steelers stayed completely away from it, again, because of Ben. So now there are quarterbacks, and certainly one quarterback in Trubisky, who can do this. What's it actually mean? this offense is going to run, and even when it passes, it's going to feed off the run. There's going to be a fair element of deception to the offense, as opposed to, remember the first half of last season when the tight ends and the wide receivers and anyone else who was allowed to move within the formation did, and it all looked kind of high schoolish. And it really didn't do much because defenses didn't budge. Why? Because they didn't respect the run. Even with Najee Harris back there, they didn't respect the run. They also didn't respect, and this might have been more prominent in this equation, that Ben would be able to throw a pass downfield. Or that he'd be willing to attempt a pass downfield. He didn't attempt many. So the defense would just sit there at the line of scrimmage Sometimes 9, 10, I'd swear there were occasions with 11. And they wouldn't blink, much less budge. But with the running game, with play action, with the occasional deep throws, with the utilization of receivers and tight ends catching footballs, gasp across the middle and gasp, You will see a very different offense in 2022, not just because the quarterback's name will have changed, but a very different offense overall, meaning so different that we will not have seen anything like it in Pittsburgh for a couple of decades. In that, you've got to get a ton of touches out of Najee, am I right? So in a list of newsy stuff that emerged yesterday, coaches have told him they want him to have fewer touches in 2022. What do you make of that? Tell you what I make of it. They're still going to go get another running back. When we come back, just one question. not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And today's J1Q comes from Julie, who says, I hate the Browns, DK, as does all of Steelers Nation. How does Deshaun Watson even come back from this mess of his, even if it's just in the court of public opinion, if he gets a year suspension, he's going to be shunned by women everywhere as a serial massage therapist abuser. You know, Julie, for anybody who didn't see the extraordinary New York Times report yesterday that got into uh, details and accusations and A lot of ugliness that had not been previously reported. Let's just summarize it this way without getting all gross on everyone. Not only has Watson been accused of sexual misconduct by more than two dozen women now, on the record, in the legal system, but also, according to this report, the Houston Texans were assisting him through the process, including the usage of non-disclosure agreements that were put together by the team. Um, no, no, you can't do that. And no, Julie, with all due respect to your question, I'm not going to get into this from the football standpoint. I'm just not to me football is so many miles down away from being relevant when it comes to this kind of behavior that my thoughts are going to go with the accusers first and foremost understanding that there is a system in place and everyone's presumed innocent and all that other stuff. But even more so to just the general seriousness of those accusations, and they should not be taken lightly in any context. And to me, looking at it from the football perspective, I guess the way that I'd view it, if focused on football, is that it's remarkable to me, remarkable that the NFL hasn't already rendered Watson an inactive, exempt player. Meaning that he shouldn't be and wouldn't be getting any pay from the Browns or anybody in any capacity until this matter is resolved. I don't say that because I hate the Browns or care about the Browns in any way. I don't think the Browns are going to be very good with or without him. I also don't say that because I hope that the Browns end up eating a zillion dollars that they've guaranteed him and that it'll, you know, kill their cap space for the next decade or whatever. I I don't care. I don't care. I do care about the sport of football. I do care about the National Football League. And the NFL needs to be acting on this much more aggressively and much more definitively than it has to date. So far, what we've gotten from Roger Goodell, and this has just been at scattered uh, questionings when he appears somewhere, someone will ask something about Deshaun Watson and he'll say, you know, we have an investigation ongoing and, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it. He doesn't say that, but that's the essence of what it is that's coming out of his mouth. So, no, that's not the way the league should conduct itself. The league, if it wasn't already, now needs to investigate not only Watson's actions, but also those of the Texans. It needs to bring the swiftest, harshest hammer available to it. Again, not because of the Browns, but because this, this, if it's proven to be true, is wrong. It's just flat out wrong, and the NFL can't, and I don't believe that it will be, associated with it in any way. I appreciate the question, Julie. I appreciate everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers. Today is day two of minicamp. Be back over there, also doing some baseball today. Busy day, fun times. Great to be back in the full swing of things.